A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, World Game Changers, wherever you may be in the world. And welcome to this podcast episode today, where I'm joined by a gentleman from West Virginia in the United States of America, a gentleman by the name of Nick Nalbach. Nick, a very warm welcome to you, sir. Thank you, Paul. I am more than happy to be here. I'm so excited to actually be on your show, and hopefully we can cover, uncover some awesome stories, information, get into all the, all the goods. I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. And what we thought, listeners, we just had a little bit of a chat off here, Nick and I, as is our way. And uh, we thought we'd, you know, five simple words. I wish you, who says they're simple words? But the five words anyway, escaping the nine to five. This is something that's particularly close to you, Nick, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's something that I, I don't know, I knew deep down that that's kind of where I wanted to be at. But when I was going through school, going through college, getting the career, it wasn't something I really had or known existed. Like, how do you escape the nine to five? Like, that's what everyone does. That's what we're all told to do. And it wasn't until doing some research, actually finding a book by mistake, picking it up and reading it. And with that book, it just kind of like flipped a switch in my head. And I was like, holy cow, like a nine to five doesn't have to be from college to the, the rest of your life till retirement. You can go build something of your own. You can escape that nine to five setting and live a life that you want to live on your own terms and kind of take back that control. And that to me is probably one of the, the coolest concept, concepts ever. So that's kind of where the nine to five, escaping the nine to five, where that really kind of took hold of me. Mm. Is it, am I being too simplistic, Nick, to suggest that um, what we've got, there, five words, escaping the nine to five. Can that be summed up in one word? Entrepreneur. Absolutely. That's, for the most part, primarily what I identify myself as. Um, entrepreneur, podcaster. I mean, that pretty much wraps it all up in a bow right there. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, isn't it? In a, you know, a few years ago, I got involved in this thread of a debate. What's the difference between a business person and an entrepreneur? You got any thoughts on that one, Nick? That's a good question. A business owner and an entrepreneur. Um, I mean, I think an entrepreneur as a whole, like they're they're driven to solve problems. Like that is kind of their calling to like it doesn't matter what that problem is, they're willing to kind of take on that problem or that journey or whatever that is and kind of face that head on. And I guess business owner, I kind of picture someone at the top just kind of being there, watching the employees work, kind of collecting the paycheck. And I'm, I'm not trying to bash on business owners by any means. A lot of business owners start as entrepreneurs. I, I kind of think they are one and the same and very similar in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But I think very early on, the, the entrepreneur, the, the drive and the motivation to like make a difference or serve more people create that freedom for yourself like that to me like entrepreneur is kind of like a mindset 
and then business owner is kind of more of like a title, I guess. Mm. Yeah. So do you think as an entrepreneur, Nick, it's something that's in, in us or can you learn it? I mean, you can learn the skills and be a better, you know, more successful, whatever success, however success is measured. But, you know, that kind of something inside that, you know, I've had this said so many times by people, Paul, it doesn't make sense what you're doing. And there's been times Nick, when I look at it and think, <laughs> oh, yeah, I get it. I, well, you're not going to argue. No, no, you're right. It doesn't make sense. But there's something that burns inside you, isn't it? And you can't define it. It kind of it goes beyond logic because you think, why am I putting myself through this? This is madness. Can you relate to that? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, you hear how many stories do you hear of people who have have made it? They've got that success, that big business, whatever it is. And they constantly talk about how when they were building this thing, everyone's like, what are you doing? Like Bill Gates, what do you think you're doing? You're spending all this time in your garage. <laughs> like, what do you think you're accomplishing here? And now you've developed this massive business. I think it's because I've, I've had similar conversations with my wife where she'd be like, I don't really understand what you're doing. <laughs> I'm like, I can try to explain it, but I don't know. I just kind of have in my mind this vision of what, where I see my brand going and my mm. career going. And I've kind of built up in my head, like a vision, like kind of like step-by-step step how I want to get there. And at the forefront, like step one might not seem clear for someone that's like looking from a third party perspective, but knowing that there's like a grander vision that's every, everything's just going to kind of tie together. But yeah, I mean, I, I do think it, you do put yourself in a position to be questioned a lot. Like, Oh, you're, you're putting all this time into the podcast. Well, how much money is the podcast making you? Well, it's not making me any money right now. Like I'm, I'm doing it for fun. I'm doing it for the experience. I'm doing it because I enjoy it and it's connecting me with some amazing people. And it's just kind of one rung of that ladder to get me to that next step. Mm. Yeah, I, I totally, totally resonate with that. Totally resonate with that, Nick. Which brings in nicely, what is success? Because isn't it true that, you know, the vast majority, uh, no, I shouldn't free, I shouldn't judge it. But yeah, I am. Listeners, I'm going to judge it and I'm going to play back what, you know, something that's been said to me time and time and time and time again. Success is usually, not always, but usually determined or measured by material wealth, money, possessions and that kind of thing, isn't it? Nick, so, uh, you know, what's your own personal views around what defines success? I'm actually giving this a lot of thought and my mindset has changed on it dramatically as I've kind of been diving into entrepreneurship, trying to build my brand, businesses, all of that. Um, at first that was my mindset is like more money, houses, cars, like the material type things. And as I started talking to more entrepreneurs, like people out there that are crushing it, I mean, you can talk to one person that's making $10 million and it's not enough. They, they want more, they want more. Like it's a constant drive, a constant effort. And then you can talk to other people who are making maybe just over six figures. They're making $100,000 and they're like, this is exactly where I want to be. Like, mm -hmm. I don't need to go make $10 million. I can live very comfortably on $100,000. My family and I, we have a house and cars and all of our bills are paid for. We can come and go as we please. We can do what we want. To me, 
success is the freedom. Success is that control. Because when you, like I think of a nine to five job as, yes, you can be successful in a nine to five job, but what are you sacrificing to get that? And the way I measure success is like, can I still achieve what I want to achieve without sacrificing 40, 50, 60 hours a week from now until I'm 65 and can retire? Mm. If I can get to that point before then, that to me is successful. I can, I'm financially free. That's not an issue, but I'm also not tying my time to that money. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose, you know, just listening to you speak there, Nick, it's what, what what's coming through to me is, you know, the externals, are you working for someone else? And I spend, you know, a lot of my life, not all of it, but a lot of my work in my life working for, you know, others uh, and it never felt right. You know, I've walked out to jobs because I've had a disagreement with the manager or the owner or whatever, and I've just walked away. And it's like, well, what are you going to do now then, Paul? You've, I don't know. I don't know. But you know when you've got that intuitive feeling inside that says, this ain't right? Um, and you know, I think that's, you know, for me, I've never put money first. I believe that, you know, if you come from a place of, I'm going to be careful how I keep putting this word out, because I think personally it's a, a word that's overused these days, uh, authentic authenticity. But, you know, being true to yourself, to thine own self be true is priceless. That, for me, is a measure of success. You know, when you can look just challenge in the eye and, and swim against the tide and not run with the masses listeners and say, no, to myself, I'm going to be true. That's one of my measures of success, which kind of brings in, Nick, doesn't it, values? You know, what do we really value in our life? Yeah, I, that's really well put i mean to when i like turn inward and look at that like i see that like what i want to be doing that freedom that i was talking about that control it's that kind of is ingrained in my values my wife and i like to travel we like to go see new things and do things we like to be out like experiencing and something that a nine to five doesn't allow is for you to take that time to go out and experience things. So mm -hmm. when I look at that and I'm looking at success in my values specifically, like I want to be able to go out and experience things. If my nine to five job isn't allowing me to do that, why, why would I stick around for that? You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Cause to quote a well-known cliche, life is very, very short. So let's go out. You know, there's no dress rehearsals. Let's go out there. Let's enjoy it. Let's play full out. And uh, yeah, so you've got a, you've actually uh, you're building a brand, Nick, aren't you? Called Nine Nine Five Freedom. Yeah, that's that is it. Nine Five to Freedom. Um, it was kind of more when I built it. It was the idea was to take people along on this journey because when I like read that book um, for everyone listening, the book is The Millionaire Fast Lane by M J DeMarco. When I read that. It, like I mentioned earlier, it just flipped a switch. It was like, whoa, this, I need to be doing something different. Like, this is what I want to be doing, what they're talking about in this book, not what I'm currently doing in my career. And my thought was other people are going to be in the same situation. Like maybe their job is going against their values. They're not happy in it, but they feel like they're trapped. This is the only option they have for them. So I started 9-5 to Freedom to kind of take people along on that journey to say, hey, look, I'm in a nine to five job, but 
but I don't belong in this nine to five job. I don't belong in the nine to five world. So I'm going to build something of my own. And here's what I'm learning along the way. So if other people who are in that same situation that I was in see that and they're like, well, I just watched Nick do it or I'm watching Nick do it right now. Like it's possible. I don't have to stay where I'm at. I can go create or build something of my own, start my own business, like kind of take that entrepreneurial path versus the, I don't know, the standard path that we're all kind of taught and grown up with. Like mm. that's, that's what I want to be able to do. I want to kind of enlighten people that feel stuck in that kind of situation. Mm. So reading a book then, Nick, to start, you know, to inspire you to start off with, um, I suppose in, you know, in one way is, is a bit like a mentorship, you know, it's, uh, you know, that inspiration, which kind of brings me nicely to my other question or another question of, you know, as entrepreneurs, how beneficial do you feel it is for us to have a, a mentor rather than kind of just going solo and keep testing the water? And uh, I mean, I certainly know how to answer that from my own point of view, but I'm just interested in what your experience is in, in mentorship in general. I, I honestly think that if you're going to go out and try to build something, having some form of mentorship or peer collaboration or something where it's not just you on an island, I think is by far the best. Mm. Um, I know I, for the longest time, was trying to do everything myself and figure it out myself. And I, before I started the podcast, like I kept to myself. I was behind the blog. No one really sees me. I can type out words and people can read the content, but they're not going to see my face. They're not going to hear my voice. It, I didn't really lend myself out there to, I guess, engage with people in a real, true, authentic way. And once I actually started doing that and I started this podcast and I was talking with more entrepreneurs, people crushing it, I started to enjoy it. I started learning new things. Like I had my mind set on a very specific way of doing everything. And they bring new ideas to the table. It was like, oh, I never thought of that before. Like that's, mm -hmm. if you get so stuck in trying to do it yourself, you don't open yourself up to the other ideas out there. Or maybe someone's already been through what you've been through. In most cases, they will have been. And you don't know how many mistakes that person made to get to where they're at right now. You might be going on the same path to make all those same mistakes. But yeah. if you can learn from that person, you can kind of shortcut that in a way and avoid the same pitfalls that they've experienced. So you're not doing that testing the waters and just kind of feeling things out. Now, whether that's someone who is like a paid coach that you hire, like a business coach or something like that, or it's just like a small mastermind group or a group of people that you get on social media to kind of talk about your problems and just discuss what you are all working on. I think it, really depends on the type of person and what you're looking for. But I do think in some form or fashion, there should be a type of collaboration where it's not just you by yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I tell you, for me personally, Nick, I mean, I've, I've been privileged to have had some great guides and mentors and, you know, and if I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of them have been people that the outside world wouldn't recognize as a name, no fame, no fortune, just unsung heroes that, you know, from a place of love and compassion and really caring about your journey of, of guided expertly. Um, but one of the others, one of the other, if I can be allowed to call it a strategy 
that's really, really helped in what I term my mentorship. And this may uh, or may not, it's not for me to judge, surprise you has been podcasting. What a fantastic mentorship strategy that is. Yeah, I mean, since since I launched the podcast, this has by far been my favorite medium. I was into podcasting. I listened to podcasts um, after I read that book and kind of had that light bulb moment. I started looking at podcasts as like an educational tool and occasionally for entertainment, but primarily an educational tool. But once I actually started podcasting and doing it myself, it was like, holy cow, like this is way more powerful of a platform than anybody's given it credit for. Mm -hmm. Because I know six months into launching my show, I got to interview someone. I was listening to his podcast every day. Like I binged probably like 300 episodes just to get caught up to where he was at. Six months into my show, I was interviewing him on my podcast. I never thought that I would get an opportunity to talk with this guy. And if I was still doing the blog and I reached out to him and said, hey, could I interview for interview me for, interview you for my blog i probably would have got crickets but podcasting is such a unique way to get in front of an audience and mm. to build a genuine connection with people the audience and the guests and hosts that i i, I think i actually just sent out a tweet someone said like who do you want to have on your show and i tagged the person in it and they replied and they're like shoot me an email here we'll get it set up it was like, what? Like, no way did that just happen. And it was one of the coolest experiences ever. But without a podcast, I don't think that would ever happen. I don't think I would have gotten that opportunity at all. So do I have to go through your 95 podcast then, Nick, to search out who the name is? Or are you prepared to share that with us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can share it. Um, it was Pat Flynn of the Smart Passive Income. Right, okay. So, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but he was one that – Basically, as soon as I had finished that book, I was just browsing around like business entrepreneur podcasts, and his was one of the first ones that popped up. And what I loved about him was his authentic nature. Like he was kind of doing something similar to what I'm trying to do right now. He kind of just documented his journey and he was getting wins along the way and he started building this amazing community. And he's one of those guys that it doesn't seem it seems like no matter how many wins he gets under his belt, he doesn't change. Like he doesn't, he didn't reach a million dollars and was like, that's it. I'm, I'm at the top. I don't need to put in any more effort. Like he's very much community driven, audience driven, audience first. And it's something that I really admired, like listening to him and kind of taking in his content. So it was always someone that I looked up to and kind of aspired to be like, mm. I love what you've said there, Nick, because that's a great reminder, I think, listeners, to all of us around life. You know, when we're talking about the context of business, doesn't matter what we're talking about, I think it's very easy for us to get that to forget that the staple nature of life is called relationships. You know, without relationships, you know, that old saying, that old cliche, no man is an island. Uh, very, very true. And certainly in later life, I've come to understand the vital, crucial importance of relationships, you know, from a younger age of, I don't need anybody. I'll sort this all out myself. Um, I know the answers. I think they call that ego, Nick, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but as, you know, uh, as we get, I suppose, more inspired, uh, more aware, we realise the importance of, 
You know, because at the end of the day, I don't care how much fame, fortune, money, whatever we've got or we think we've got, that fallibility, that vulnerability of human beings is, is paramount. And the more that we can connect with each other, because there's some things that money just won't buy. I think the Beatles in the 60s can't buy me love. And, and it's okay. very, very true. I did a, one of the, th the threads I've done, uh, Nick, semi-consistently is on, on the podcast episodes is time, love or money, which matters most? So let me ask you that question then, Nick. Time, love or money, which matters most? Time, love or money? Who? I would say... I would have to say time or love. Those are the two that I would break it down to. Um, I think ultimately we come down to love, though. It's, it's, yeah, we'll go with love. <laughs> interesting. Really interesting, listeners, that Nick's put time in the frame there. So if I can, Nick, please allow me to share how I box it off and answer my own question. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'd love to hear your, your take on it, too. This consider it a three horse race. Straight away, there's a non starter. Interestingly, the one that you've picked time. There are 86,400 moments in every day, they're called seconds. We choose either consciously or subconsciously to invest them however we will. If you had $86,400 every day to invest, Sure as eggs are eggs, I'm sure you'd be very, very careful about where you put every single dollar or euro or pound or yen or whatever it was. But we don't with time. We just take it for granted. And you know those sayings, Nick? Oh, hasn't it been a long day today? Or wow, today's gone really quickly. No, it hasn't. Neither. You've had 86,400 moments, the same as yesterday. The same as the next man or the next woman. It's just our perception. So on that basis, I, think I rule out time with a caveat of just be careful how you invest. Mm -hmm. See, that's that's interesting because when I think of time, like I, I completely agree. That's kind of how I think about it. Is you're you only have so much time in the day, but I also think about how much time you have in life. You can always make more money. You can always meet new people, have new relationships, all of that. But you only have a finite amount of time when it's all said and done. So that that's why I kind of put it up in one of my top two there is because how how am I going to spend my time? Is it going to be trying to I don't know, do the things I love, be around the people that I love. And that's kind of how I looped in love as well. Or is it going to be spent chasing more money, chasing the material things? And then when you get to the end of that time, what are you left with? Mm. And for me, that brings in the, the question of faith. Because isn't it true, listeners, that we assume we have the faith to think that tomorrow morning we'll wake up? And we'll have another 86,400 bits of emotional currency called time to invest. Well, I think if there's one thing, Nick, that the last two years has taught us, don't take anything for granted.
Don't take anything for granted at all. You as a human species think you've got it all sorted. You haven't. And we've been given collectively a massive reminder of that over the last two years. That's why a part of the mindset work that I, I personally uphold, Nick, is this hashtag embracing uncertainty. And the more we can embrace uncertainty, the more, inverted commas, success will come to us because we drop all the expectation. Of course, there's a kind of trade-off. And I like it to go in on a journey where, you know, if you're planning to drive from, say, one uh, area to the next, you plan your journey. And so there is that kind of hope and that faith that you're going to get there. But on that metaphoric journey, anything can happen. So it does bring in the question of faith. Does it stop us planning? No, it doesn't. But I don't plan. I set strong intentions. I take necessary strategic action and then I let it all go. It's out of my hands now. And that way I'm not attached to it. Because one of the things I've learned as well, Nick, is all events in life are neutral. The only power they have is what we choose to give them. Dang. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a really powerful statement. And it's so true. So. Let me rule time out then. So that leaves love and money. I'm a great music lover, Nick. So one of the yardsticks, I'm not saying this is the only one, is look at the music industry. How many songs? Are, are you a music person generally? Yeah, I, I listen quite a bit okay. of music. Now, this is going to be an interesting one, listeners, because I think there's a, you know, there's a couple of years age difference between Nick and I. Let's just say that. Um, so there's going to be, uh, you know, a generational take, maybe even two generations here in terms of tastes and preferences of music. But anyway, putting that aside, we don't do th we don't do labels like Egypt and, uh, and well, any label full stop. But how many how many uh, records or tunes or uh, lyrics? Nick, can you sort of quickly pull off the top of your head that relate that's got the 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 kind of um, the theme of money in there? I mean, I can think of snippets of songs. A lot of the a lot of the music out right now, especially I'm thinking in like hip hop. I I took a very deep dive into hip hop, and oh. I gravitated very heavily towards like the 90s, early 2000s hip hop. Mm. And right now I'm, I'm kind of upset by it all just because it's, it's taken a very materialistic route. It had that before, not saying it didn't, but it's definitely like when you listen to any kind of hip hop music right now, it's about the cars, the money, the houses, like all of that. Mm. If you don't have that, you're not successful, like kind of what we're talking about. Okay. So that's interesting. I mean, that's, that's been something that, you know, you've inverted commas mentored me on there because my I was going to come up with one. And obviously this is reflecting. Um, I don't know if you uh, can remember them, the Swedish group ABBA from the sort of late 70s, the 80s and their song Money, Money, Money. Now, <laughs> okay, yeah. you know, now I'm really struggling after that. I'm really I mean, hip hop is not my genre mm -hmm. um, and certainly not my more kind of generation either. Uh, you know, I, I was brought up on 60s Beatles and, you know, 70s glam rock and all that kind of, and the punk rock as well. You know, funny enough, I, I did the Spotify wrapped up deal. Spotify basically goes through and tells you all of your top listened songs of the year. 
Beatles were the number one listened artist that I had this year. Right. And I give a lot of credit to my wife because she had that all the time. But I've memorized so many Beatles songs now because of that. And I think three of the top five songs are Beatles songs. <laughs> wow. What a segue. I mean, what a great connection between us, Nick, for me to say, well, I'm the Beatles. And what about this one? Can't buy me love. Absolutely. You know, you can buy me a diamond ring, my friend, and it make you seem all right. You know, and, and that was, I mean, that, okay, that's, that's a, but, you know, for me, it's absolutely true that it is, you know, we started off with three horses on the metaphoric course there. That there is one that sprints out and wins it hands down every single time. And for me, that's love. I mean, I use that music example as a light-hearted one, but, you know, when you look at the power, you know, take takes examples of people that have got life-threatening illnesses and ask them that metaphoric question, would you give it all away to have health? And they would, because I've asked that question on more than one occasion. And um, it's very true. Love is everything, isn't it? Yeah. And I, I mean, I even think about it beyond, beyond like family members and the friends that you have in your inner circle. Like I kind of extended out with the guests that I bring on my show people that I build relationships with. Yeah, it might not be the same type of love that you'd have for a spouse or a parent or a child, but there is still a level of love and connection there. I think that yeah. connection is a big yeah. tie into all of that. Absolutely, because ultimately, Nick, irrespective of how you are expending that emotion, that energy, um, you know, to, as you say, a child, your partner, your parents, your peers, your siblings, whatever the dynamic is, a stranger, you know, in, in the local supermarket queue, it doesn't matter. That's really a statement of your inner self, isn't it? Because you're, you're, you're give because you can't give something apparently. So I'm going to ask you this one. Apparently you cannot give what you do not have, which for an entrepreneur is an interesting statement. Any thoughts around that, Nick? You cannot give what you do not have. I I think I like that for one. When when you say that, the first thing that comes to mind is like we kind of talked about how as an entrepreneur you should have mentors. You'd have other people in your corner, and this is kind of where I I would see love. Love would exist there. Having these other people, these mentors, these peers, people that you can relate to, build a connection with, and if you are so consumed into yourself and your mental health and physical health is deteriorating. If you can't take care of yourself, how are you going to serve an audience? How are you going to help someone else when you're not helping yourself first? Mm. It kind of goes back to the whole, when you get on an airplane and they tell you when the masks drop, you put your mask on first mm. and then you help someone. Mm. If you're not taking care of yourself, how are you supposed to help and take care of other people? Yeah. Absolutely. The reason I kind of, um, you know, sort of put that out there, I mean, I challenge that. I mean, I've been brought up with that, that cliche, you cannot give what you do not have. And I, I think it, it holds water, but it's not watertight. Um, because when I look at my own journey, Nick, I gave a lot of money away to people. You know, I, I, my life was a mess. 
I was barely, barely surviving. And I don't just mean financially. I mean, literally just struggling. To, I'd, I'd given up the world. You know, I've got an alcohol addiction for decades. And, you know, my life was a mess. Suicide attempts. Um, but I still borrowed money. I still get, tried to give love, emotion, support. Um, some would argue, Paul, you didn't have it to give. And I certainly didn't have the money to give. So that's where I use that example, that true example, Nick, to say, well, yeah, OK, it's, it's a general, it's not a bad rule of thumb. You can't give what you don't have, but it ain't watertight either. Yeah, I mean, that, that does make a lot of sense because, I mean, you think about it, you, like you said, you didn't have the money, yet you were still finding ways to be able to give money to help out. Yeah. And that kind of goes back the beginning of the episode like what does it mean to be an entrepreneur like mm. figuring it out yeah <laughs> like you had to you didn't have it but you had to figure out how you were going to continue doing what you want to do doing what you love and that was helping other people and you found ways to get that done yeah yeah so as we draw to a close nick on what for me has been a fascinating fascinating dance it really has um, I want to ask you one big question, but before I do that, I want to invite you in to share your contact details. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I would love to. Thank you very much, Paul. So I am primarily, Twitter is where I hang out most often. Um, Twitter and Instagram, I've been spending a little bit more time on there. And both of those, if you want to get, see what I got going on, shoot me a message, any of that. It's just at 95 free. And I spell it all out, so N-I-N-E-F-I-V-E-F-R-E-E. -E -E. Same for both Twitter and Instagram. And then if you want to find out what I got going on with the podcast or come check out some of the episodes I have there, some amazing people, entrepreneurs, people that are out there crushing it, um, it's just 95podcast.com, and same thing, all spelled out. Superb. And those listeners, have have next details will be in the show notes uh, Nick's bio will be in there as well so the final question then the final countdown Nick so to speak imagine we've just met in a hotel reception we've had a great chat standing at the bar talking you know watching life go by as we have done and then we get you know we've, we've got a bit of a business uh, meeting to go to you know separately so we get in this lift together and it takes 30 seconds for that lift to go to the next level and when it reaches the next level, I'll go left, you'll go right, and I may never see you again. So I say, do you know what, Nick? That's been fantastic. Really loved it. But by the time this lift gets to the next level, give me something to take away that I'm going to remember. You know, it's almost legacy creating. It can be audacious. Give me something. We're gonna we're gonna go back to something kind of cheesy here. But be you, continue being you, and continue being human. Stay authentic. I know we said authentic was kind of kind of overused, cheesy type of thing, but I honestly think like if you can be yourself and be human, that is going to attract more people than you can imagine. Even if you think you are the most off-the-wall type of person, like no one is ever going to be like me, you'd be surprised how many people have the same interests as you and are just like you. Yeah. So don't throw shade to that. Like continue to be you. Mm. One of my values, listeners, to thine own self be true. 
because the reality is everyone else has already taken anyway. Well said. <laughs> that's, that's beautifully said. <laughs> and on that humorous note, Nick, thank you very much indeed, sir. Absolutely, Paul. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. And all that remains now, listeners, is to sign off by saying, as I always do, you know what's coming next? Remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond? <laughs>